0: Life is filled with both sunshine and storms, but without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kahiwat.
1: And if you have your Bible, open it if you would please to... Uh, The book of Mark, we are continuing in our study in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter number 2. We begin this chapter today. Uh, This is going to be a three-part series, three-sermon series. Mark chapter 2, if you're able to, please stand as we read the first 12 verses. Mark 2, 1 through 12. The Bible says, "And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them; no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was." And when they had broken it up, they laid da- they let down the bed where in the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, "Sons, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, Insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Thank you very much. You may be seated. The news that a miracle working preacher had come to Capernaum with blazing speed. Massive crowds followed our Lord everywhere he went because they wanted to see, the he, uh, see him heal the sick and cast out demons. Had they been interested in the truth of his message, these crowds would have been an encouragement to Jesus but he was fully aware that most of them were not spiritually minded and were blind to their own needs. Now it was time for this suffering servant to demonstrate to the masses what his ministry was really all about. The arrival of the Messiah was not merely to relieve the affliction of the sick, but more importantly, it was to redeem the affliction of the souls. The miracles that Jesus performed were wonderful, but there was something greater for the people. Which was a relationship with God Almighty. They needed to understand the spiritual lessons behind the physical miracles that He was performing. And in this section, our Lord provides spiritual lessons of His power. And so today we are going to begin a three sermon series entitled Spiritual Lessons of the Servant's Power. Spiritual Lessons of the Servant's Power. And this message this morning, we're going to look at the servant's power to forgive. The servant's power to forgive. Now, we don't know uh, if this event took place in the house of Jesus Christ or in Peter's house. It's most likely Peter's house, but it's not clear, so we're not going to be dogmatic about it. But back in the days in the Middle East, hospitality was one of the basic laws. And so people of Capernaum didn't wait for an invitation. They simply came to the house in droves. This meant that those who truly needed help were not able to get close enough to get to see Jesus because of the press. There were so many people there at the house. This miracle of healing gave our Lord the opportunity to teach an important lesson. There were four individuals who had a friend who was sick with a palsy, meaning that he was paralyzed. And these four individuals, as well as the paralytic, wanted their friend healed and wanted to bring him to Jesus Christ. And so today, we're going to look at the servant's power to forgive. And we can learn much in this lesson, in this uh, passage, as we consider this scene through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Imagine, in your mind's eye, seeing what Jesus saw. The first thing I want you to think about is this. I want you to uh, think about how Jesus looked upward. Jesus looked upward. Now, we know that... Jesus is there in the house, and he was waxing eloquent. The Bible says in verse 1, And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house, and straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. While he's preaching... The Bible says in verses 4 and 5, they uncovered the roof where he was, the four friends, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Verse 5 says, and when Jesus saw their faith. See, Jesus was looking up. Houses in the day of Jesus had flat roofs that were usually accessible by means of an outside stairway. These four men carried their friend up to the roof And literally raised the roof. Something huge happened. It wouldn't be difficult to remove the tiles and grass that made up the roof. And and to make an opening large enough to fit their friend through on a bed or on a mattress. And as Jesus was preaching. Just imagine. He's preaching. And he's teaching the word. Preaching the word. Well you know what he was really doing? He was revealing himself to the people. He saw these four men working to bring their friend down to them. Now I can only imagine in my mind's eye that as Jesus was preaching, all of a sudden he heard something happening up above. People walking around. A little commotion. I'm sure the people there inside also began to look up. Then they heard some Cutting or moving or putting or pulling away. People were undoubtedly murmuring, wondering aloud who was up there and what they were doing. All of a sudden, a ray of light breaks through the ceiling and dust and debris trickled down from above. And then a mat with a man on it slowly descending through the hole, stopping in front of Jesus. We must admire several characteristics of these men. Qualities that ought to be in each one of us who are believers. Who are supposedly fishers of men. For one thing, they were deeply concerned about their friend and wanted to see him cured. And that's what Jesus saw. Because the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. They had the faith to believe that Jesus was the only one that could meet this need. They didn't simply pray about it, and then, uh, but they put their feet to their prayers, and they didn't permit difficult circumstances to discourage them. They knew their friend needed to be with Jesus, but they couldn't get in because of the press, because of the multitude. So they found a way That's how concerned they were. That's how much faith they had. They could have easily said, well, you know, there's no sense in trying to get to Jesus today. There's too many people. We'll try another time, maybe at a different venue when there's not so many people. We'll come back another time. But they made an intentional effort to bring their friend to Jesus. Jesus looked up and saw the faith of these four individuals. I ask us this question. Does God see our heart for those who we know need spiritual healing? Do you have a faith that is deeply concerned for a family member or friend concerned enough even to be creative to bring them to Jesus Christ? Are you like these four individuals determined to get the gospel to the neighbor so that they can be spiritually cured? What are we doing? Are we making that effort or are we sitting outside waiting? Maybe putting it aside. Are we being proactive? These were four proactive individuals who wanted their friend cured. Somebody labeled this creative evangelism you know what, we ought to find some way to those who might seem to be difficult to get the gospel to, without compromising the truth of scripture, be creative in how to get them to Jesus Christ. Invite them to RU. Invite them to a Bible study. Invite them to a meal. Invite them to something where It can turn into something spiritual. But it takes a heart of faith to know that that person needs to be brought to Jesus Christ. Jesus saw the four because he looked up. Not only do we see that Jesus looked upward, but secondly, I want you to see that Jesus looked downward. As we Consider this passage in the eyes of Jesus Christ. He looked downward. Look in the latter part of verse number 5. Well, let's read the whole verse. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. When Jesus looked downward, he saw this paralytic man laying on his bed. And immediately he did something Amazingly supernatural. He addressed the heart of the man's problem. The man's problem was not his sickness. The man's problem was the sin. Not all sickness is caused by sin of that particular individual. But remember this. All the way back in the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. Because Adam and Eve, our first parents, disobeyed God, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Furthermore, that's also where sickness came from the Garden of Eden. But that doesn't mean just the fact that somebody's sick is because they've sinned. Now, evidently, this man's condition was most likely the result of his disobedience to God. Because even before he healed the man's body, Jesus spoke peace to the man's soul and announced that his sins were forgiven. The word forgive in the Greek language is a financial term meaning to release a debt. What an amazing thing. Forgiveness by God for the sins of mankind is the greatest miracle that Jesus Christ ever performs. It meets the greatest need, it costs the greatest price, it brings the greatest blessing, and has the most lasting result. Even of the last sayings of Jesus Christ on the cross, I find, at least for me, the most baffling and profound saying was when Jesus cried out, looking at those mockers Looking at those soldiers, looking at those Jews, looking at the people who spit upon him and the ones who whipped his back and nailed him to the cross, he cried out to God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's an amazing miracle. This has always been the character of God and the cause for which he came to earth. Psalm eighty-six, five tells us, For thou, Lord, art God, and ready to forgive. What a blessing! And plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Psalm 130, verse 4, But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Why did Jesus lead off with the forgiveness of sins? Why did he do that? Let me give you a couple of reasons. One, I believe that Jesus led off with the forgiveness of sins because he intended to emphasize The priority of the healing of the soul first, then the healing of the body. If you heal a sinner without the sinner being changed from inside out, then all you have is a physically healthy person with a sin-sick soul still on their way to hell. Often people are looking to get relief from their situations, but not seeking redemption of their souls. Jesus made it clear that the healing of that which is eternal takes precedence over the healing of that which is temporal. You see, the answer to life's problems is not a church. It's Christ. The answer to life's problems is not finding a religion, but entering a relationship with God. The answer to life's problems is not turning over a new leaf, but being turned into a new life when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Simply put, Jesus came that we all might have life eternally and that life more abundantly. He died and was buried and then rose from the grave three days later. He sacrificed his life for you and me on the cross of Calvary so that our sins would be forgiven and we would be reconciled to God Almighty. That's what it's all about. And if anyone by faith, just like this paralyzed man, And the four friends came to Jesus. He will surely grant forgiveness of sins and life eternal. God will forgive sins and give life eternal. Colossians 1 verses 12 through 15 says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So Jesus addressed forgiveness of sins first because He wanted it clear that He wanted to address that which is eternal first before dealing with that which is temporal. And then secondly, I want you to see that Jesus led off By forgiving the man of his sins in order to set up his critics. His actions prompted them to consider. Jesus did not make these statements and then all of a sudden respond to what they were doing. He knew what he was doing the whole time. Because he's God. He knew ahead of time how they would respond. He knew from eternity past what would happen in this house. His actions prompted them to consider, and they began to consider, interestingly enough, in their hearts and in their minds. And they were thinking, only God can forgive sins, which is why he started off that way. This was the masterful plan by the master of the universe. Not only do we see Jesus looking upward, and Jesus looking downward, But thirdly, look at verses 6 through 8, that Jesus looked outward. He looked outward. The Bible says, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus, you ought to underline this phrase, proceed in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves. He said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Jesus is the God who knows everything. And not only did he look up and see the faith of the uh, the friends and the paralyzed man, not only did he look downward and see the, the men in his condition and forgave him, but he also looked outward and saw who it was that was the critic. Jesus saw the ones who had come to spy on him. According to the synoptic account in Luke 5, verse number 17, these religious leaders sat nearby to investigate the ministry of this new teacher since the religious life of the nation was under their supervision. We find that in Deuteronomy 13. But they should have come with open hearts and open minds seeking truth. Instead, they came with critical minds looking for heresy. Jesus Christ had become so popular with the people of Capernaum, and his teachings had threatened the religious rites and rituals of these Pharisees that the Jewish leaders dared not ignore him. So, they were there, watching, waiting for some slight mistake against the law. In fact, it's very well possible that they arrived early for the meeting just to cause him to stumble. Maybe to sit in front of him to challenge him. They were front and center at the scene of the action. Or, I wouldn't put it past Jesus, to have been the one to give them a front row seat. So that they could see who he really was. And when Jesus looked at the paralyzed man on the mat and said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Some of the scribes began to reason in their hearts. Which meant that they were just thinking about this. They were pondering things in their minds and in their hearts, like some of you might be right now, thinking, is that really true? Whatever, I don't know what's going in your minds, but God does. This is the first time, interestingly enough, in the Gospel of Mark, that anyone is critical of him. And up until this point, it had been a love fest between Jesus and the people of Capernaum. But as the old country preacher used to say, when the Lord starts a blessing, the devil starts a message. God knows who's in the congregation. God knows who's skeptical and critical of biblical teaching and those who are soaking and absorbing biblical truth. His eyes run to and fro on this earth, knowing the hearts of men. Second Chronicles 16:9 says for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Proverbs 5:21 for the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord and he pondereth all his goings. He knows what's going on in every one of our hearts. He knows what you're thinking right now. Proverbs 16, 17, For mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from mine eyes. God sees each of us, and he knows who is being critical and who is being open to learn. He sees, he looks, he watches. Jesus saw, and he looked around, and he knew. So number one, we see, through the eyes of Jesus Christ, here he looked upward. Then he looked downward. And then thirdly, he looked outward. But then lastly, I want you to see that Jesus looked inward. Jesus looked inward. In verses 8-11, the Bible says, And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say, to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Jesus saw the critical spirit in the hearts and knew that they were accusing him of blasphemy. After all, only God can forgive sins. And Jesus had just told the paralyzed man that his sins were forgiven. You know what these Pharisees and scribes were thinking? They understood what Jesus was saying about himself. They understood that this man who was speaking wonderful words in this house and then saying and forgiving this man of his sins that he was claiming to be God. That's why they were reasoning in their hearts. But the next instant, Jesus proved himself to be God by reading their minds and even telling them what they were thinking. John 5, 25 tells us that Jesus knows what is in the, uh, what, what is in the heart of man. And since they wanted to reason about things, he gave them something to ponder. He said, which is easier? Telling a man uh, to heal a man or to tell him that he's forgiven? Obviously, it's easier to say that your sins are forgiven because nobody can prove whether or not the forgiveness really took place. I mean, if I went up to people all over this town and went up to them and said, Your sins are divinely forgiven. Your sins are divinely forgiven. How do we know that that really happened? And that I actually have the power to do that. Well, when Jesus did that, to back up his words, he immediately healed the man and sent him home. The healing of the man was merely an illustration and demonstration of the healing of the soul. Jesus Christ, God, doesn't heal simply to heal, but he cares more about the eternal soul. And that the healing is a compassionate way to show that he cares. And when Jesus healed the man, it showed, one, that he is God, and two, that he cares. The healing of the man was an illustration of the healing of the soul. Psalm 103, verse 3 says, "'Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, "'who healeth all thy diseases?' God does that. And isn't it amazing that the psalmist in Psalm 103, verse 3 started out with forgiving all thine iniquities and who heals thy diseases. These scribes and Pharisees, of course, could neither heal the man nor forgive sins. So they were caught up in their own trap and condemned by their own th- thoughts. Jesus affirmed His deity, not only by forgiving the man's sins and healing his body, but also by applying himself the title of Son of Man. By the way, this is the first time that Jesus publicly and straightforward revealed who he was. All the other times, he just preached and healed preached and healed preached and healed but this time he said so that you may know that the son of man has this power to forgive sins he let them know that he was God in front of them Jesus used this title about 80 times in the gospel it was a messianic title and the Jews would have interpreted it that way This title is used 14 times in the Gospel of Mark, and 12 of these are found after Mark chapter 8, verse 29. As a result, when Jesus called himself the Son of Man, knowing, the Jews knowing, he's calling himself the Messiah. He's calling himself the one that we've been reading about in the book of Isaiah. He's the one who's calling himself God. They were dumbfounded. Verse 12 tells us, immediately he arose, the man, the paralytic man, arose and took up the bed and went forth before all of them, insomuch that they were all amazed. Everybody in there was amazed. But why were they amazed? That this man all of a sudden got up and, and took up his bed and walked away? No, they were amazed and glorified God. They realized that they were in the presence of someone who is not merely human. But they were in the presence of God Almighty. So what lessons can we glean from all of this? Number one, sin is like sickness and that forgiveness is like having our physical health restored. We also clearly see that Jesus Christ is truly God the Savior who has all authority to forgive Sins, And we also see that the forgiveness of sins and getting the soul right is more important than getting our situations right. And if you've never received Christ to have your sins forgiven, you're like this paralyzed man, sick with a palsy. Just come as you are. And if you are a blood-bought child of God, let's do this. Find a way this week to raise the roof, to cut out a hole and bring somebody to Jesus Christ.
0: You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kihiwat. For more information, visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ.